You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio, Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios. Man, the local, the state, the national, sometimes the international, we cover down on all of the issues. And like the dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, it is Tuesday, which around here we call Camel Eve. And uh, Boomer's on the board. Hey, bud. How you doing? Hey, doing good. Excited to hear all these topics today. <laughs> you, there's some there's some live ones in there. There's some live ones. He, Boomer gets to see them well ahead <laughs> of the show. So he sometimes he sees them and goes, that story you're doing, I can't believe that. Anyway, yeah, we got some good <laughs> stuff laid on. Hey, uh, and speaking of which, uh, if you are new to the show, a welcome to Right Side Radio. The folks that listen to the show, we call them Right Side Ruffians. And if you're one of those new listeners, we're glad to have you. We can tell, by the way, that we get new listeners, new followers, and uh, new podcasters. So, yeah, thank you very much. Glad to have you. Welcome to the show. Um, got a lot laid on for you today. At 4 o'clock today, you're going to want to hear State Senator Tom Butler, who serves uh, in Senate District 2 out of the Huntsville area. Uh, and Huntsville and Madison. He's going to be on the air with us, and we're going to be talking about the rocket. So, yeah, the rocket at the I-65 rest stop. What's going on with the rocket? Well, it happens to be in his district. I want to hear his thoughts. Does he see it going anywhere? Does he see it uh, being repaired, restored, uh, status quo? What does he think? So, yep, State Senator Tom Butler, you're going to want to hear that at 4 o'clock today. And then I got a triple dipper, man, full of stuff. Hit it, man. The Triple Dipper. Three stories you've got to know. That's right, the Triple Dipper. Three stories, three themes, if you will, that you have got to know as we run today's show. The first one, I'm just calling this whole first section, I kid you not. I mean, that's that's literally what I called it. I kid you not. I mean, I I was resourcing the show early this morning in the wee hours, and I, and I, was, I kept finding stories and going, that's an official position? That's an act of governance? I kid you not, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Then I'd find the next story and go, well, no, that was the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Anyway, this whole first section is stories that were made in official capacities. I kid you not. Uh, Number two, the paper chase. We got to check it out, man. I'm telling you, this is a story that continues to find legs. And it's found new legs today. So now Vice President Mike Pence is involved. What? Yes. I I should say I kid you not, but he is. <laughs> but yeah, so Vice President Mike Pence, classified documents at his house. Funny how that happened. I got theories. I got thoughts on why. But then we're also going to talk about what's next for Biden. What is next for Biden? What are they doing next? Well, who's calling for what? We're going to talk about it. It's not going to be a long one, but we're going to talk about the paper chase. What's next? And then lastly, yep, you heard me earlier talking about State Senator Tom Butler calling in. So we're calling that whole section Save the Rocket. So Save the Rocket is up at the uh, 4 o'clock time frame, thereabouts. We'll talk about what's involved. And oh, by the way, if you want to make a claim under Alabama law, the Alabama Monument Preservation Act, how does that work? And then who can, who, who's the one who, re, who reviews it? Is it possible there might be some conflicts of interest? I will let you know what I see. Save the Rocket, number three on the Triple Dipper. So there you go. 
All right, let me let me, let me move to my opening comments, my monologue for the day. Um, and I'll start off by asking you a question. Who do you look up to and, and why? And that's not a rhetorical question, by the way. I'm asking seriously, who, who do you look up to and why? It may be a parent, a coworker, a public figure, an athlete, a celebrity. Who would it be? And to actually look up to someone seems to indicate they hold a position that you've never held. Or they have a position of authority that you aspire to or at least answer to. I mean, maybe I'm oversimplifying it, but in my view, someone that you are just appreciative of is more like a tangential or peer relationship. But someone you admire is a person who you would aspire to be more like, at least in some ways. And it can be situational. It doesn't have to be everything about them. I mean, take John McCain, for instance. I don't agree with large aspects of his political agenda, but I admire the way he held up in a North Vietnamese prison camp, and I can only hope that if I was tortured and isolated like he was, that I could walk away from it with the same dignity that he did. We are told in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, that we should strive to focus on whatever is true, whatever is honorable and worthy of respect, whatever is, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute. I'm going to suggest to you that Paul was not just writing about focusing on things or attitudes or situations, but also on people. Who we admire is sometimes as important as what or when or how we admire. I mean, do we admire those who are, quote, admirable and of good repute, like the verse says? Or at the very least, do we recognize aspects of their lives that give us reason to admire them because they inspire us to be more, you know, admirable ourselves? Well, the reason I ask this question is because just this morning I ran across something when I was prepping the show, and it reminded me that we are just about to hit the 80th anniversary of an event that occurred during World War II that cemented the legacy of one of the most enduring names to have ever served in the U.S. White House. John F. Kennedy. Now, some of you may be taken aback. Phil, he's a Democrat. I know. Phil, he had issues in his personal life. Yes, I'm aware. But the things that John F. Kennedy did in World War II are actually legendary, and I find them admirable. Admirable to the point that I would hope that if I was ever in the same position that he had been in, that I could do half as well. If there was ever a person who could said to have been privileged, and I hate to use that term, but there it is, privileged, it would have been John Fitzgerald Kennedy. His family were as close to being royalty as U.S. society would allow. During his years early on, he obtained an Ivy League education at Harvard. He played football there, and he suffered a pretty serious back injury. So serious, in fact, that the Navy actually rejected him for service when the war broke out. Now, at that point, you know, Kennedy could, could have told the world, hey, I tried, sorry, they wouldn't take me. And he just stayed at home, working in the family business, advancing into politics, but he didn't. Kennedy did take advantage of his father's leverage and influence, but not like you might think. He had his dad's influence secure his way into active service in the Navy, despite the fact that he had an injury. Well, at that point, you know, he could have secured a comfortable position working as an admiral's aide in the War Department here at Stateside. I mean, after all, he was privileged, right? But no. John Kennedy volunteered for one of the newest, most dangerous, and somewhat swashbuckling jobs that the Navy could offer. He commanded a small patrol torpedo boat, or a PT boat, which often meant that he and his crew conducted reconnaissance and they attacked Japanese warships all by themselves and well outside of assistance from other Navy vessels. They were the Navy's version of commandos, or long-range recon. And Kennedy's boat was the PT-109. Well, on August 2nd, 1943... The PT-109 was on a long-range patrol near the Solomon Islands in the dark of night all by itself when it encountered a Japanese destroyer. 
And during the melee, the PT-109 collided with the Japanese warship, and it was crushed, and it was instantly sunk. Two of Kennedy's men died instantly. One was severely burned, and the others were all afloat with no help in sight. Knowing their rough position, Kennedy led his men to find some floating wreckage, and then they set out swimming for a remote island that he believed was in the area. They swam for miles, with Kennedy himself lashing himself with his belt to the injured sailor and towing him through the open waters, often swimming with the belt held clenched in his teeth. Sick, beat up, and exhausted, Kennedy and the other 10 men made it to a small remote island, but that was just the beginning. For the next six days, Kennedy himself swam in and around their island trying to fix their position and determine a way out. Eventually, two islanders in a dugout canoe were flagged down by the survivors, and Kennedy scratched a message on a coconut shell. And the message said this. It said, Naro Island, Commander, Native Nose Position, He Can Pilot, Eleven Alive, Need Small Boat, Kennedy. And it worked. It turns out the islanders they flagged down work with the Allied Coast Watchers, and they got the coconut message back to a U.S. Sea Patrol. Kennedy and his men were rescued, and Kennedy himself received the Purple Heart and the Navy and Marine Corps Medal for heroism. The story of the PT-109, it just, it just resonated, man. It made international news. A movie was made about it. And young Kennedy, he carried that legacy into his years as president less than 20 years later. It is said, though, that for the rest of his life, cut short by his assassination in the early 60s, that Kennedy's injuries and the old pains from a pre-war football injury also made life more difficult than people ever knew. And for the duration of his time in the White House, there was a paperweight on the president's desk. It was a coconut shell inscribed with that rescue message. Kennedy had gotten it right after the rescue. He had it encased in a clear acrylic, and it sat there every day where he could see it while he worked. And that coconut shell is still on display right now in the John F. Kennedy Presidential Library in Boston. Now, I can't speak to every decision that Kennedy made. I can't speak to all aspects of his personal life, but I can say without equivocation that even a man who had different political persuasions than me, a different upbringing, he did things that I find to be admirable and of good report, things that I find inspiring, things that make me want to be better at whatever I do. And we deserve to have leaders like that who are indeed admirable and of good report. So I ask you again, who do you admire and why? And that's a wrap for the right side way. Good story. Yeah, you know, I, I, I love those things. And I told you before, I've got some things, some souvenirs or trophies, if you will, from my time overseas, things that my family picked up in other places that are in my study or in my house. They mean far more than any postcard could ever do because they're tangible examples of something I went through. I can't imagine what it was like to be the president of the United States and have that coconut shell with your message, your rescue message inscribed on it, sitting there on the desk. Well, that's admirable. I like it. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative 
Just plain right, sitting here in the right side studios with coffee cup in hand, way overdressed for radio. That's, I, I was in lawyer mode all morning, and I've still got my tie on and just, you know, way overdressed for radio. Um, but I really love just sitting in our studio. It's just awesome. <laughs> it's just awesome. Did you just have yourself a happy moment there? I did. I did. <laughs> Okay. I mean, if y'all haven't seen us just sitting here yet, y'all need to check out the the, the YouTube or on our website or anywhere, just because we have a good old time in here. We do. And by the <laughs> way, we have a very cool studio. And I know for yes. a fact, I've been in a bunch of radio. I tell you what, quote from both Lieutenant Governor Will Ainsworth and separately from Senator Katie Britt, when they came here to be in studio, they looked around and went, we've been in every studio in the state. This is the nicest studio we've ever seen. We have a yes. awesome studio. Yes, by golly, it is. And I'm B- way between all the studios you've been in and I've been in, we've been in a lot. You've you've been in a ton. <laughs> so uh, so okay. So by the way, that brings up a point. Uh, here's a total here's a total rabbit trail to chase. Ah, rabbit trails. Y'all don't know that uh, Boomer's background um, is uh, working in the music industry in Nashville, and uh, it was tour manager for top name acts and also the coordinator for the Country Music Awards for a period of time. Very true, and I had a blast doing it, but now I'm on Right Side Radio, and I'm <laughs> loving it. Well, I'm just proud that we rank right up there with, you know, Kenny Chesney and all the others. Thank you so much. This is a blast. Uh, all right. Wow. Uh, hey, by the way, the text lines are open. You guys want to text in? We were covered up with text yesterday. I mean, like, couldn't even keep up yesterday. But, uh, but yeah, you want to text in, you are welcome to it. Um, the number here, 833 687 Four 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 eight. That's eight three three six eight. Right. Um, and and so then I get told that I read it too fast sometimes. So it's eight three three six eight seven four 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 eight. There it is. All right. So yeah, text on in, call on in. We'll take it. Uh, already gotten a few uh, responses about uh, um, people texting in about uh, the uh, monologue just then. Um, I'd never heard that story. That was amazing. You'd never heard the PT-109? I huh? have not. And then we, 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 we kind of looked up the boat, actually, right during the break. That's that's really cool. I'm pretty sure that would be a bad job to have, man. I mean, Ooh. a bad in a good way. Yeah. Um, and then, wow, to have that coconut sit on your desk. Oh, yeah. Oh. There's a souvenir. I mean. it was. Yeah, you can look at pictures of it. In fact, uh, I, I encourage you to do that. Look up uh, – look up um, – John Kennedy, coconut desk, and I guarantee you're going to find it. I, I, I saw it a little while ago when I was uh, pulling one last piece to put the model. There it is. Wow, I see it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's just it's just a very cool story. But I, but I, here's the thing though, if I could just wax you know philosophical for a moment, um, I like the idea of having people in office who have done hard things well before they ever went into public service. And I get it. I know John Kennedy. He had all of his family's wealth and backing and you know, he had what some would call a privileged lifestyle, no doubt. But but, but there, you cannot deny, at that particular moment, he could have folded up like a you know, cheap lawn chair. He could, have, he could have, for that matter, he didn't have to go in the Navy at all. Uh, when the war came out, he tried to go in. They wouldn't take him because of an old football injury. Well, he was at Harvard. He didn't have to play football. He had a back injury that plagued him the rest of his life and, and literally – had to use his dad's influence not to get out of service, which we've seen in more recent years, but to use it to get into service because he was mad because they wouldn't take him. And then did he go for a cush job? No. If you've seen the PT boats, if you've ever watched it, it was like those were those were the dudes that were like rough around the edges, you know. Nothing in their uniforms was ever crisp or starch. They half the time didn't shave, and they just, you know, 
they were out there roaming the high seas, uh, like you know modern day pirates looking for you know recon issues and 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 trying to take out uh, uh, much bigger ships than them. Um, but yeah, I, I love the fact that he did those things, and that that truly, I mean, it didn't matter what his family's wealth was. He didn't have to do those things. There was something in his character that made him do those things. There was something more there. And, and you know, when you look at what's admirable and a good repute, um, I think there had to be something said in there that, that was. Uh, I, got, uh, I got a number of uh, text messages here going on. Um, <laughs> well, Brian from Huntsville said, if our, if our very cool studio was any closer to him, we could have some of his Creole uh, crawfish uh, quiche right now. Ooh. Brian is Brian cooking. Brian, like, cooks all the time. He's a cooking machine, man. Man. He, you know, the, 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 uh, the official food of Right Side Radio is the um, maple bacon donut. Maple bacon donut. And he but said he a, could make something with that, right? But I do have a penchant for apple fritters, and he oh, came up with maple bacon apple fritters. And I think he made them at home. <laughs> Brian. Ooh. Ooh. Maple Ooh. bacon apple fritters. That's just, we would have to name them after him, too. Like the, mm. what will we call that? The Brian Fritter. I don't know what it would be. Mm. But, um, and then, uh, the, <laughs> Jenny from Decatur just texted in and said, I heard Biden said he was with Kennedy when that happened, and because he had experience as a lifeguard, he rescued all the men. <laughs> yeah, they had to they had wow. to had to get a chain and beat corn pop away too, because he was trying to take out the boat. Oh my gosh. I got a brand new listener, David from Huntsville. We're glad you're on the line, dude. We're plugging you in right now. Um, Bob from Decatur. I would much rather have a president with a coconut sitting on his desk than to have one with a coconut between his shoulders. <laughs> ah, oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. That one slayed me. Oh, Bob from Decatur man. just zinging on in there. Oh, my gosh. I lost myself for a moment there. Um, <laughs> and then Allie from Athens says, no doubt JFK's life was a train wreck on a number of levels. That being said, as it pertains to the PT-109, he was a member of the greatest generation. Yes, he was, Allie. Yes, he was. And then uh, somebody who we don't know the name and where they're from because they didn't put it in there, but a brand new texture says, you left out JFK's book that opposed his father politically that his father admired. I, I, I'm not familiar with that story, but now i got to check it out. All right, tell us who you are and where you're from. All right, folks, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We're jumping right into the Triple Dipper when we get back. I'm calling this section... I kid you not, all official actions that when you hear it, I'm going to have to say, I kid you not, this is happening. (laughs) Bill Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back.
Hey, all you right side ruffians, radio solid, conservative, just plain right. And we are back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, covering all the North Alabama solid conservative, just plain right. I'm talking about this show goes way down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back over to Gadsden, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, Mississippi. All thrown in just for good measure. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> well, you're going to be an auctioneer before uh, you know it. <laughs> apparently, I've already had my coffee. <laughs> That's uh Listen, coffee, man, the elixir of life, the nectar of the gods. It's the uh, it's the, uh, the 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 soothing aspect of caffeine that rushing yeah. through your system. Um, you're gonna have to get to these text <laughs> messages really quick before you start because this is blowing up. Yeah, it is. If by the way, if you want to text in, we'll keep taking you. 833-687-4448. That's eight three three six eight right. Uh, Mark from Athens, uh, new on board. We appreciate you, Mark. Thanks for texting in. Says he appreciates the thoughtful monologues each day and the humor and attention we bring to the day's discussion. And he signs off with God's peace. Mark, thanks. We appreciate you being the audience. You are indeed a right side ruffian. Uh, John from Huntsville, test texted in, said, always have a great day listening to Right Side Radio. John, we appreciate you, man. Um, Danny from Decatur points out that there was a movie by John Wayne about PT boats. I'd forgotten about this. It was called They Were Expendable. Uh, so yeah, John Wayne movie about if John Wayne can make a movie about PT boats, you know they were just bad. I mean, there was some chutzpah, there was some there was some brass. So I'm just saying, John Wayne, the Duke, PT boats. What do you got? Um, David from Huntsville uh, texted in says uh, the Democrat Party has turned their back on their claimed heroes of Martin Luther King and John Kennedy. They advocate policies the opposite of what these men taught us. Content of character over color of skin, doing for your country over asking your country to do for you. Great, great text, David. And, uh, and I agree. I, I'm not so sure that John Kennedy would be a Democrat if he were to run for office today. I, I think the same man would probably run as a Republican. I, I, don't, I think he would be shocked at the, uh, uh, the Democrat Party of today. Uh, Raven from Russellville texted in and says, I look up to my Lord Jesus Christ, my parents, and John F. Kennedy because he authorized our wearing of our green beanies, the Green Berets. He says, by the way, the Green Berets, headgear, the unit is special forces, quiet professionals, hoo-ah. And he's right. So if you're not familiar, that's the other thing. The reason why the Green Berets, which were really called U.S. Army Special Forces, their nickname is the Green Berets because of their headgear. But the reason why they wear a Green Beret is because it was officially sanctioned by none other than John F. Kennedy. If you go to Fort Bragg, North Carolina, the place where they do all of the training for Green Berets, civil affairs, psychological operations, is the John F. Kennedy Special Warfare Center. Um, and then you've got, you know, the, uh, the, the, it's the Special Warfare Center chapel right next to it and other things all around it. But JFK is a legend. Um, so SWIC is the nickname for it, but the full name is the John F. Kennedy Special Warfare Center. And the reason why Green Berets who used to wear this unsanctioned, you know, kind of rogue headgear uh, and, and they were trying to get away with it when somebody wasn't looking, uh, that all went away. When they went out on the parade field in front of um, uh, the uh, commander-in-chief and they, they sort of defied what they were supposed to be doing and they wore Green Berets that day on the parade field and they thought they were going to get busted. And the president of the United States said he liked that. And from now on, that's going to be the sanctioned headgear for special forces. And it is. Um, man, Boomer, more, more new textures coming in. I can't keep up. Um, 
Anyway, I tell you what, uh, those of y'all that are texting in for the very first time, we appreciate it. I see one of them's name is David. Don't know where he's from yet. And the other one unknown, but we'll take you. Appreciate you. Thanks much. All right. Hey, let me jump into the topic for the day. So number one of the triple dipper, I'm calling this section. I kid you not. Most of what I've got in my hands is right here in the United States. I've got one story that I'm going to lead off with. that kind of was kind of what kicked me into this because I looked at it and thought, you know, it's almost like a woke world segment because those of y'all that are new to the show, I do this segment every once in a while. I call Adventures in Woke World. But this is like woke world, but it's all official policy decisions. And I kept I kept reading stories this morning early. I mean, I was up at like 430 this morning working on the show. And I and I, I kept finding myself thinking, oh, God, this I kid you not. That's the most awful thing I've ever heard. Hence the title for this dipper. I kid you not. Number one story from Red State. Brace yourselves, Boomer. Don't you ever bring in donuts again. No more donuts. No. No. Don't you understand? I could get secondhand diabetes from you bringing oh, me donuts. What? Yes. Come on, Stop man. Stop smoking cigars in the studio. <laughs> they get secondhand smoke. And Hooch stop, Muldoon over there. Stop, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hooch Muldoon sitting on my desk right now. But anyway, um, here's the deal. Story from Red State. Have you ever caught secondhand diabetes? It seems that may be a possibility based on statements by a UK academic. Per a piece in the Times, University of Oxford professor Susan Jeb has a bone to pick with food or those who support it being sweetly served at work. In other words, if you're one of those, 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 those ne'er-do-wells, those awful people who dare to bring cookies and cake from the house to the break room at the office, holy smokes, the travails people have to put up with in their lives now because of you. Here's the thing. This professor, she's not just a mere educator. She is Britain's top food watchdog. She is the chair of the United Kingdom Food Standards Agency. This will be like the FDA for the United States. She is in charge of deciding food standards in their country. And her opinion is cake brought into the office is a threat to those you work with. I kid you not. So she says literally, (laughs) this is awful. What's her name? Susan Jeb? Yeah, Susan Jeb. Jeb, who is also a professor of diet and population health at the University of Oxford, um, says, we all like to think we're rational, intelligent, educated people who make informed choices the whole time, but we undervalue the impact of the environment. So what she's saying is there, your personal self-discipline has nothing to do with your personal health. It's all about what people around you do. If someone brings cake, let me suggest this to you. If you have health issues, if you're on a diet, if you're trying to moderate or just restrain yourself from too many calories, or you have diabetes or some other health concern that says don't overeat, if somebody brings cake to the break room, freaking don't eat it. How about that? There you go. Personal self-discipline. How about a little self-governance? But no, she argues that like we're smoking after a long time, she says. We've got to go to a place where we understand that individuals have to make some effort around us, but that we can make their efforts more successful by having a supportive environment. Boomer, you bring those maple bacon donuts. I don't care. Oh, yes, good. <laughs> we got to have them. <laughs> maple bacon donuts, the official food of Right Side Radio. Absolutely. That and coffee. Mm. Well, mm. yeah, coffee for you. Dude. I know. I know. We've we, talked about this. We got to work on this. <laughs> I feel some right side discipline coming for you right now. I like the smell, so that's a, that's a start. <laughs> okay, it's a start. <laughs> 
Uh, okay, I kid you not. That was an official position. Okay, anyway, let me go into the next story, though. This one, this one got some attention yesterday. I don't know if y'all saw this story. I don't think it's getting near enough attention, though. So you remember the Russia collusion? Russia, Russia, Russia. Everything was Russia. Russia collusion. 2016 election, Trump gets elected. How can this be? It must have been Russia collusion. And there was a steel dossier, and there were all the things surrounding the Mueller investigation. And we had to put up with it for two years until they found the new thing to do. So, yeah, Russia, Russia, Russia. Never mind the fact that, you know, Hillary Clinton had an unsafe server in her house that was filled with classified emails and whatever, who knows what else. Never mind the fact that, you know, there was no real connection with Russia and Trump. We had to endure it with Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell and the crew for two years or more. Well, guess what? If you haven't heard, and you can't make this stuff up, man. If I were to write a movie script, I don't know that I could write this into it with a straight face. Postmillennial reports breaking. FBI official who investigated Trump ties to Russia was just arrested for illegal ties to Russia. I kid you not. This is what we get when James Comey is appointing people to investigate. This is on Saturday afternoon this past weekend. Former FBI agent Charles McGonigal, who was head of the counterintelligence in the New York field office and a part of the investigation into supposed ties between Trump and Russia, was arrested over his own alleged ties to Russia. CBS reports that McGonigal was arrested because of his ties to Ole Deripaska, a Russian billionaire who has been sanctioned by the U.S. and criminally charged last year with violating those sanctions. Apparently, Business Insider reports McGonigal, the guy just arrested, was involved in the investigation into the Trump campaign's contacts with Russia during the 2016 election. We also find out that in 2021, apparently, McGonigal and another guy who was an uh, interpreter in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, some type of a court reporter or, or something who worked with the FBI named Shestikov, McGonigal and Shestikov, they agreed to help investigate a rival of their sugar daddy, Deripaska, and they got paid quite well for it, apparently. They're accused of forging signatures and receiving funds from Deripaska through shell companies, and they are now facing money laundering charges. Each of the four accounts carries a maximum sentence of 20 years in prison. What you're looking at here, folks, is I kid you not, you can't make this stuff up. So Trump and the rest of the world, for that matter, all of us citizens of the United States had to endure Eric Swalwell and Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi and all of the constant berating about Russia, Russia, Russia. And now we find out that one of the lead investigators on the file was in over his head to a Russian oligarch named Ole Deripaska and was literally helping him set up files, avoid sanctions, and also, by the way, setting up his rivals for investigation by the FBI and getting paid for it on the side. That, that kind of crap, you can't make that up. I kid you not, that just broke yesterday. Okay, listen, I, I'm gonna I, I gotta run down some more. But this this is this is where we are, by the way. I mean, you have to stay on your toes because these are actually official positions. These are things that are happening in official capacities. These are statements being made by those who have official influence. I kid you not. And I'm gonna come back with one in a minute. What if you were to leave the state of Alabama, like moved, but Alabama decided after you left they wanted to tax you on what you owned? Could they do that? California's trying. We'll take a break right now. We'll come right back. I'll talk to you about the latest efforts to set up a new exit tax. 
for the Golden State. That's a little tarnished, in my opinion, the Golden State. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. You guys stay tuned. We'll be right back. Williams, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, just plain right. Boomer, I can't keep up with the text line today. So Tony from Piedmont, no Tony from Piedmont just sends me a bunch of emojis. I'm not sure what's going on, Tony. <laughs> um, but uh, he does mention before that, though, he says, uh, uh, he's talking about John McCain, because I mentioned him in my monologue, um, and, uh, and, and says some things <laughs> I can't read on the air. But then he says, uh, McCain's A-4 was the aircraft that dropped the rocket on the USS Forrestal's flight. I know that. I'm aware. And I don't know that it was McCain's A-4, but A-A-4 did it on, on the USS Forrestal. Um, but, uh, but yes, Tony, I'm, I'm quite aware. It doesn't mean I can't admire that John McCain and also did some things that were right. Um, uh, Graham from Meridianville. Uh, Phil, the USA has an exit tax. State are trying to mimic that tax, not... Either is constitutional, but that never stopped the left. I agree, Graham, and I'm about to get into that. This is basically taxation without representation, in my opinion. Uh, we got some new textures here. Uh, Kenneth from Hartzell. Kenneth, we're glad you're here, man. Uh, thank you much. He wants to know, too, can we arrest Schiff, Swalwell, and Pelosi? <laughs> probably not. Uh, probably not. But you know what I do enjoy is watching them getting kicked off their committees. That's just fun. Um, Bert from uh, Owens Crossroads. Says California currently has a program that follows 1031 sales forever, as far as my accountant here can tell, and uh, and I thought I had escaped California unscathed. Well, uh, Bert, more to come, brother. But uh, listen, I think every bit of that could be challengeable in court. Um, I, I have a question about 1031 sales. If you're not familiar with 1031 sales, it involves property. I won't go into the details right now, but the end result is I have a hard time believing that they can get away with taxing you in perpetuity. Um, Colin from Decatur. Uh, he says, uh, California trying to tax people for escaping. In case you didn't know, there's some countries that are trying to secede from the state, some counties that are trying to secede from the state, create their own state because they're tired of the nonsense. What you got, buddy? Yeah, well, just a few new textures as well that's kind of already gotten lost in the mix. Just yeah. to give them a shout out is Devin from Killen, Alabama, William from Anniston, Glenda from Decatur, David from Indian Valley, Alabama. Sweet. And if I missed you, I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, and, and I, oh, by the way, another one just popped in at the very top. Uh, David from uh, Baton Rouge. Am I seeing that right? David from Baton Rouge? Wait, he says, David from Baton Rouge, Indian in- Valley Lake, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know where you're from, David. You're from all over the place, man. But uh, originally from Baton Rouge, I guess. Uh, Texas and clarify so we can put it down right. But um, he says, JFK advocated for a balanced budget. Um, good point. All right, hey, listen, let me jump back to the topic at hand. So uh, exit tax. Let's see if I can get this, do some justice to this. What's an exit tax? That's where they try to tax you on the way out the door. Like, hey, you're leaving? Wait a minute. We need your revenue. How about this? You got properties, you got things, you got stuff on the, you know, outside our boundaries. We want a piece of it. It happens. It's called an exit tax. 
Well, in California, they also call it a wealth tax. Why? Because wealthy people have holdings in other places, and they want to know what you got, and they want to see where it's at, and they want to know if they can tax it because they want the money. Well, so right now, California lawmakers, according to Fox News, story that broke yesterday, California Democrats consider a new wealth tax, including for people who have moved out of state. It says exit taxes are not new in California, but this bill includes provisions to create contractual claims tied to the assets of wealthy taxpayers who don't have cash to pay their annual wealth tax bill, even if those assets involve things they would not normally be able to touch or reach. So California's Franchise Tax Board literally believes that it can reach out and grab you if you've moved away from the state and they think they can tie some asset to something they should have been able to see back in the day. Hey, how dare you leave? We're going to investigate you. And if we find something, guess what? We're going to send you a bill. That's not the way it works, fellas. That's not the way it works at all. And oh, by the way, maybe, just maybe, they left in part because of this. I've got a friend who moved here, she and her husband from San Diego. And by the way, San Diego is a cool place. I like San Diego. I used to live out there for a period of time in California. But, but all said and done, I asked my friend one time, I said, what made y'all move to Alabama? Because they had no, no true connection. She had one family member here. They came for a visit, loved it, decided, you know what? We're moving. She said they literally packed everything up in the U-Hauls, and they were moving here, and they thought about putting a sign on the back of the U-Haul that said, farewell to California. And I asked her, I said, what, what made you move here? She said two words, finances and freedom. They could afford to live here much better than they could in California, and they had the ability to make choices of their own without being raked over the coals for it. Well, listen, I love California. All you, and we, By the way, that's our second biggest podcast audience. We have, we have a ton of people, and we're, we're over 110,000, I would think, right now, Boomer, aren't we? Yeah, we are. 110,000-plus downloads. Second biggest audience we have comes from California. So, hey, Californians, we love you. Hang on. We're coming. But the reality is this. California is making its people's life more difficult unnecessarily. Why? Because liberals have the say-so. And they are taxing people into oblivion. So right now, California lawmakers are pushing legislation that would impose a new tax on the state's wealthiest residents, even if they've already moved to another part of the country. A bill introduced last week in the state legislature would impose an extra 1.5% on those who have what they call a, quote, worldwide net worth above $1 billion, starting as early as next year. This is nuts. And by the way, I would say this. And a moment ago, I had somebody text in about that 1031 uh, exchange of whether or not they're trying. I think it was Colin from Decatur, wasn't it? Um, yeah, no, maybe Bert from Owens Crossroads. Yep, it was Bert from Owens Crossroads. I would challenge this on a variety of legal levels, not the least of which is the fact that this is taxation without representation. You're no longer there, and they still don't think they, they still think they can tax you. Taxation without representation, number one. Number two, I believe they could also look at this as being retrospective. They want to tax you for something the law didn't allow them to tax you on back when you had it, and they're in their in, they're going to reach across state lines now, find you, and say the law is now retrospective. How about no? That's not, we're not going down that road. Well, listen, uh, a wealth tax like this is what drives people away. They think they can make $22.5 billion off of this. So they can do things like social programs, says the bill sponsor. Uh, I got news. All you're going to do is lower the population base of California. That's what you're going to do. 
All right, folks, we got more of this. I kid you not, these are official positions. Y'all stay tuned. We will be right back. side ruffians out there you are listening to right side radio solid conservative just plain right you're listening live to right side radio with phil williams it's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side right side radio solid conservative and just plain right. Alabama syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios. Man, we got the local, the state, the national. We cover down on all the issues. And like the dude just said, yep, solid conservative and just plain right. I'm finishing up this segment. I say finishing up. we got a few more minutes here. Uh, of, of number one of the Triple Dipper, I'm calling this section, I kid you not, because these are official happenings. These are things that, that occur in someone's official capacity or as an official statement or policy position, and you look at it and go, what? That's, what do you, who, who advises you? I kid you not. These stories are real. Here's one, Daily Wire reports as of uh, two days ago. President Biden to sign a memorandum to ensure, ensure, to make positively certain that people can have access to abortion pills. This is a priority, apparently, to the president, making sure we kill as many babies as possible. It's absolutely necessary, by the way. Don't, don't, hey, that whole southern border thing, put that out of your mind right now. We got to get abortion pills in the hands of everybody who wants one. You know what I'm saying? That's important business. I kid you not. President Biden will issue a presidential memorandum on Sunday, which allegedly he did, to protect access to abortion pills to mark the 50 years since Roe v. Wade was decided. Well, there's an anniversary that we all should aspire to have in our lexicon of personal holidays. I mean, for the love. Vice President Kamala Harris announced the memorandum during remarks on Sunday, which, by the way, I'm going to get to in just a minute. Because anytime Kamala Harris goes to the microphone, I get one of those I kid you not moments. I kid you not. So the FDA made a policy update, which some people have taken issue with, earlier this month to allow retail pharmacies to become certified to distribute abortion medications, including by telehealth. Okay, here's the bottom line. We have a thing called the Tenth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. It's a part of the Bill of Rights. It mandates that certain, certain powers not otherwise enumerated to the federal government are thereby devolved to the states, that we have a right that we even have a duty, if you will, as states to protect the sovereignty of our state borders and the well-being of our, our, our citizens. 
And when we do that, we do it through legislative and executive action at the state level. That's why we have a state legislature in Montgomery that I was proud to be a part of for eight years. That's why they actually pass laws at the state level. And oh, by the way, Alabama is a pro-life state. So 22 attorneys general, one of which is ours, uh, Attorney General Steve Marshall, have now said that they're going to fight the issue of us being a pro-life state by law. And yet they're going to mail abortion pills to people in our state. Listen, if you need to, if you need to kill a baby that bad, then, then the, the access is not totally gone from you. You may just have to travel a little bit. You may have to go somewhere. This is not supposed to be a fast food line. This is not supposed to be quick food. This is not supposed to be sound bites. This is supposed to be something that should be a difficult life decision. And if you have to drive a little further and think about it while you do, well, I'm okay with that. Oh, Phil. Oh, it's, don't you understand? It's, it's you're, you're, you're demeaning women. No, I'm preserving life. I really believe it. And the idea that President Biden, I kid you not, would say that he is going to um, direct the secretary, here's a quote, direct the secretary of health and human services in consultation with the attorney general and the secretary of homeland security. What? To consider new guidance to support patients, providers, and pharmacies who wish to, and here's the word, legally access, prescribe, or provide mifepristone, which is an abortion pill, no matter where they live, the fact sheet says. Okay, if you're violating state sovereignty to do it, and the, the Dobbs decision by the Supreme Court of the United States said that states have a sovereign right to make determinations within their own selves as to abortion laws in their state, well, then you're not in providing a legal access if you mail it where it's not supposed to be. Attorney General Steve Marshall's got his hands full on this one. Hey, Boomer, you got that sound clip? So I got a sound clip here. You give me the thumbs up when you're good. Um, so, yeah, Vice President Kamala Harris, she did go down to Florida this weekend to uh, deliver remarks on the anniversary of Roe v. Wade because she's the border czar and there's nothing to do down there right now. So why not go talk about abortion and, you know, basically quote or misquote the Declaration of Independence? So literally Kamala Harris, who, by the way, has a law degree, who was the attorney general of the state of California and who, by the way, had a teleprompter telling her what to say, totally chose, in my opinion, chose to leave out during her remarks on abortion the fact that the Declaration of Independence allows a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. L listen, by the way, I, 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 trigger alert, I realize she's one of the worst public speakers I've ever listened to. It's hard for me to listen to her. I'm sure it's hard for some of y'all. Brace yourselves. Boomer, play her comments. Oh, my God. Stop. Stop. Just stop right now. Just stop. I didn't brace myself. God, that was, that's, that was a soulless harpy right there grabbing a the microphone and just, okay, start it over. Go ahead. Start. Oh. 
Huh. Yeah. Stop. Just stop. Just stop. Just stop. Have you noticed, by the way, Boomer, she can only read three words at a time on the uh, teleprompter? Very few. And then she does that dramatic pause. Yes. Well, the dramatic pause is where she's trying to find the next word. <laughs> that's, 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 that's because I, I bet it's all in all caps on her teleprompter. And then she has to look again. And you can see, by the way, in the video, she's using the teleprompter. And you can see, by the way, she'll say three words and then she'll have the pause and she'll look back at the teleprompter to make sure she knows the next wrong word to say. But yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So anyway, aside from her inability to give effective public speeches, um, the thing that gets me in this, the thing that's on my story here, post-millennial, has the story. Kamala Harris omits Americans' right to life from the Declaration of Independence during her abortion speech. She literally, if you caught it, she literally said, America is a promise, a promise that was made in the Declaration of Independence that we are each endowed, in her words, with the right to liberty and pursuit of happiness, except that it should be the right to life liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. She is willing as an attorney, as a former attorney general, as the vice president of the United States, to literally change the verbiage of the Declaration of Independence in order to fit her agenda. And don't tell me this is an accident because she's using a teleprompter on a pre-planned speech that was designed to be this way. She did not want to use the word life while talking about abortion because she knows it'll backfire on her. So why they chose to insert that, I don't even know. But what I find to be offensive here is, I kid you not, this is an I kid you not moment, is the vice president of the United States is literally revising the verbiage of the Declaration of Independence to fit her, her, her needs, and the teleprompter she was using is where she was getting the verbiage. Have I got a caller on the line? I do. I'm just, I'm just, over, here, I'm just over here opining. Let me grab the phone real quick. Is that Brian? Brian from Huntsville. How you doing, buddy? Andy, well. But I wanted to, she left out something else there, too. What's that? As far as we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator yes. with certain un, un, unalienable, unalienable rights. So she left that out, too, just in case it's reference to a God or a higher power. Wow. Brian, thank you for clarifying, brother. Appreciate that. That was, that was spot on. You too, buddy. Right. He's right. That is the verbiage. Endowed by their creator with the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yeah, she left that out too. Um, okay, listen, am I going to get through these? I don't know that I am. I guess I will when we get back from the break. Let's go ahead and take the break right now. I'll come right back. So I kid you not, that's your vice president. I kid you not, there are things being done to crush the, the very livelihoods of doctors who didn't go with the COVID narrative. And but yeah, here's the thing I want to ask you though. What about service members who lost their jobs because of COVID. Are they having to pay back their bonuses? Oh, Lord, I'll tell you when we get back. I kid you not, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We'll be right back.
And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Solid, conservative, and just plain right. Saving the world one soundbite at a time. Hey, listen, um, finishing this piece up, if I kid you not. So, you know, we finally won the battle against the mandated COVID vaccines. You know, Congress, I think the last nail in the coffin, largely speaking, was Congress uh, uh, getting the, the, the vaccine mandate for the military repealed. Big doings. I mean, we've we fought the OSHA battle. We fought the uh, the federal contractors battle. We fought the you know the, the the first responders battle. We fought the vaccine passports battle. We fought the idea of you know masking your kids battles. And there's still battles going on here, there, and the other. And uh, you know, of course, they're also trying to bring some of them back. But 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 for the purposes of this discussion, the last major vestige of the um, just absolutely inane vaccine mandates that were being forced on society were in our U.S. military, crushing recruiting, uh, destroying morale, ending careers. Now we find a new wrinkle. Story here on Fox News, January 24th, that would be today. Service members forced to pay back their signing bonuses after being fired over the COVID vaccines. One calls it a kick in the face. So let me just, let me just say as a, as a former you know, army officer myself, and as an attorney in civilian life, I have dealt with the idea of, you know, forced vaccinations. I've told you that I've been on medication before that the army mandated that I take that wound up just wrecking me for a while. Uh, I told you that my dad also uh, died from Agent Orange exposure. So I, I understand that there's times we do certain things and the and military says, here's where it's going to be. And it can have deleterious health effects on the individual. And we have to find out about it later. We're finding out about this now. We're also finding out that it was an emergency use authorization. And we're also finding out, by the way, there's very little efficacy because maybe it mitigates some circumstances, but it sure doesn't stop transmission. So why are we ruining careers over this? And oh, by the way, there's also a thing called religious freedom, and they were blanket denying people's requests for religious accommodations. Never mind the fact that the law requires them to give a case-by-case review for those who request the accommodation. It was just, it was just, the whole thing was just jacked up. It was, it was a, a level of jackassery that we have not seen in, in, in decades. I kid you not, here's the latest. U.S. service members who were fired for refusing to comply with the Pentagon's COVID-19 vaccine mandates are now being forced to pay back their original recruiting bonuses, which they tell Fox News Digital is a kick in the face after years of dedicating their lives to protecting the country. One former soldier who was fired for refusing to get the COVID-19 vaccine last May told Fox News Digital he would have to pay back his original signing bonus upon termination because he didn't complete his entire contract. He signed up for a six-year contract. He got a $7,000 signing bonus. He fell short by, uh, I forgot, like by two years. They're going to make him pay back at least 4000 of it. Never mind the fact that he spent two tours downrange and, and, you know, and, and went in harm's way on behalf of the United States. They're going to say, you didn't finish your contract. And he'll say, I wanted to finish my contract, but you wouldn't give me a religious accommodation. I'm saying as an attorney, he was facing what the law might call a material change in circumstances that caused a novation in his contract. And what that basically means is everything you signed up for got changed. I mean, you didn't sign up to lose your constitutional rights, and freedom of religion is one of them. So the push by the Pentagon now to recoup signing bonuses for fired service members comes after President Biden signed the 2023 National Defense Authorization Act. But Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin signed a memo that will update records, remove letters of reprimand, 
but it does not deal with pay issues. It has nothing to do with back pay for those who are fired, uh, and it also has nothing to do with whether or not the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Marines, any member of the service of the Department of Defense, can, they can just recoup from you that which they paid you in advance. Um, Congress is going to have to get involved again, you can tell. Someone's going to wind up having to get a nasty gram from a congressional review committee. Someone's going to wind up having to back off. And I'm going to tell you right now, this is going to become a, a campaign issue for the 2024s uh, if the Biden administration doesn't get their act together. There's that. I kid you not. That's an official policy. Oh, you signed up to join the military. Thank you for going to war. We're pleased with your sir. You didn't take the shot. What do you mean you want to? What do you mean your, your faith causes us to come into question? Can you justify that? Well, we don't think you can justify it well enough for us, so we're getting rid of you. Thank you, specialist. Thank you, sergeant. Thank you, lieutenant. Um, your career's over. Oh, wait a minute. We paid you some money. You said you would serve for six years. I wanted to serve for six years. Ah, oh, you didn't serve for six years, though. So we're going to go ahead and take that money back. Unreal. I kid you not. It's an official policy. Last one I got before we hit the break. There's still a war being waged against doctors who did not go with the COVID narrative. Daily Caller has a piece that came out over the weekend. It says, two years of one-party rule in Washington are finally over, and the new Republican House majority must now restore balance through vigorous oversight. And the Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of Federal Government, that's one of the new watchdog uh, committee subcommittees that was formed by the Republican majority, the Weaponization of Federal Government, is expected to focus on allegations of things like collusion between social media companies and yada yada, but this article is calling for them to also expand their focus to the use of COVID to wage war against doctors. Even down to the extent that not only was there a narrative being pushed by the CDC, by the NIH, by some liberal state officials to not allow you to even talk about things like ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, those were being shouted down by, as false news narratives. Well, now we even have places like we're in state law, like in California. California has a new law beginning this month that empowers state agencies to disbar medical professionals who deviate from the party line. Governor Gavin Newsom called, it the, called California the true freedom state. And yet scores of residents and its doctors are now fleeing for places like Florida and Texas. And I'll be honest with you, come on to Alabama. We got a lot of folks that live here too. Welcome to the free state of Alabama where you can practice medicine in accordance with the Hippocratic Oath and the tenets of your, your profession under the rules of professional conduct without somebody saying, you're not allowed to talk like that, doctor. You're not allowed to go down that road. Just don't do an abortion. <laughs> but for the bottom line is this. If you want to come here and treat your patients in accordance with the laws, we're not going to tell you your license is going to be threatened because you didn't meet a narrative. And that's what's happening. So I kid you not, that's an official policy. All right, I'm going to, I'm going to put a lid on that one, brother. Boomer, that dipper one in the can. Perfect timing. The music that was started. Perfect timing. I mean, like, right on the money. The it's like you've done this before. The, <laughs> <laughs> like the pastor hears the music playing, he knows the sermon is over. All right, we're gonna switch gears. We're coming right back. We're updating you on the paper chase with classified documents. What's next? Oh boy, I got some new stuff. We'll be right back.
Hey, all you right side ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. And we are back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. Hey, by the way, this show covers down on the ground across the great state of Alabama. We are syndicated across all of North Alabama. I'm talking about way down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back over to Gadsden, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, and Mississippi thrown in just for good measure. I said it slower that time, Boomer. <laughs> I, that was good. I just I had to had to even wave my hands in the air though, just make sure I knew which my my compass points <laughs> going were going that be. way, that way, up and down, up and we're there, good now and down and there and back over and there. Yes, a lot of ground, lots um, of ground. Honored by it. That just means that we got more people to talk to. And um, hey, listen, I will tell you too, we do not take for granted the level of audience participation we have in this show. I mean, I mean, the text lines have blown up today. I can't even keep track. Um, and I'm, so if we don't get all your comments, I apologize. But then at the same time, we got people that call in, we've got guests that call in, we've got, we've got, you know, the, the, the podcast is hugely downloaded right now. Huge, hugely download, like 110,000 plus downloads. And, um, you People know, watching the live stream on video. I mean, it's crazy. Absolutely. I, I think because, uh, because of the incredible audience this year, I think we're going to hit over 200 easy. Of to what? Uh, say it again. I yeah. think we're going to hit over like the 110. Yeah. I think we're going to hit 200 this year. By when? Are we doing push-ups and donuts? Oh again? man, I don't know about the push-ups and donuts. I'm just saying <laughs> our awesome audience. They're just. I mean, it just blows my mind. So well, I agree. And and I mean, it could be sooner than I even predict because do, they're just awesome. We do not take that for granted. Too. Absolutely. Uh, hey, so when. When was that that we did the push-ups and donuts? So, if you're, By the way, if you're a new listener, Boomer and I had a running bet about when we were going to hit 100,000 downloads, which we're at 110 now, and, and we tried to nail the date down, and, and whoever, uh, whoever won got to sit there and eat donuts while the other person did push-ups live on the air. You know, it, it was at the beginning of December. That's when it was, because it was right after that. Okay, so we're right at frame. five weeks. We've hit 10,000 more. Mm-hmm. If we keep that track, and by the way, we're seeing more per more day. More and more per day. That's what I'm saying. What's going like... to happen, Boomer? <laughs> What's going to happen? Man, I, I I don't know. All right, so let's let's do this. Um, if we're getting ten thousand every five weeks or so, let's say that's eight thousand a month. How about that? Okay, eight thousand a month. We need to get another uh, ninety thousand to hit two hundred thousand. So we're looking at. Somewhere in the neighborhood. Oh, it's going to be close, man. That'd be, but see, they 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 grow exponentially, though. They do. Okay. They do. I. Okay. So I mean, I this, think I think we, we will hit it this year. I, this could be a thing. It could be. Hey, I tell you what. Uh, that can we stop talking about this? Now? I know. Sorry, that, that, was a, that was a total rabbit trail. Realize you and I are just sitting here spitballing. And just, everybody's like, "What's he talking about?" Like, I don't know. We're just talking to each other. Hey, here. if you like, uh, if you like podcasting, if you hear a part of the show you do like, if you if you want to catch it and replay it, if you want to send a clip to a friend, if you heard an interview that you want to grab hold of and 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 re-listen to it and get the details. All that's available on our podcast. You can get the whole show or segments of the show. You can get one dipper by itself or one interview. Um, so, yeah, the podcasts are up every day after the show. Boomer takes it, breaks it down, 
puts it out on all the major formats for podcasting. It's out there on Apple. It's on Google. It's on Podbean. It's on all of them. You can access it real quickly on our website, which is rightsideradio.org, where all our other stuff is. But, yeah, check it out. Uh, tell a friend. Uh, download some podcasts. Listen to it while you drive. Send it to somebody. We'd appreciate it very much. Um, and i got to tell you before I go any further, too, so my friends at Riley and Jackson Law Firm, I, I've been working with them for a period of time on different cases. I've worked with them on issues. Uh, they're one of those law firms that, in my opinion, is, you know, they're not just right on the law. They're right on the politics, too, if you know what I'm saying. These are folks that I do not mind uh, being associated with. Riley and Jackson is a law firm based out of Birmingham, but they work statewide. They've been working on s- some major issues that apparently they signed up a number of our listeners uh, as clients. But they, they literally are working on that Camp Lejeune water contamination, which you don't have to have been a service member. You might have been a dependent or a, or, or a civilian contractor working out at Camp Lejeune anywhere between 1953 and 1987. Um, they can help you because there's like 19 different illnesses attributed to that mess. But then the other thing they're working on is firefighting foam. If you were a firefighter or in the military using firefighting foam, there's a carcinogenic version of firefighting foam that you may have been exposed to and you may be eligible for a claim. But they do more than that. I mean, if you just feel like you've been aggrieved in some way, you've suffered an injury, whatever, they've got decades of experience at making people whole who have suffered because of the negligence of others, and that's, that's, that's their gig, and that's what they do, and they're good at it. So Riley and Jackson, here's their number. I'm going to give it to you, 205-879-5000. That's Riley and Jackson, 205-879-5000. Give them a call. They won't charge you for the call. They won't even get paid unless you get paid. 205-879-5000. And, and do me a favor. Tell them you heard about it on Right Side Radio. All right, I got to do that thing, Boomer. You going to time it? You ready? You ready? So, tell me when. <gasps> no representation made the quality of legal service before it's great quality of legal service before the lawyers. Did that sound like English? The end part, not so much. But the beginning part, yeah, you sounded good. <laughs> <laughs> How much time? I had 2.8. 2.8. Dadgummit. Dag- All right. <laughs> anyway, uh, Jimmy from Moulton says we're going to hit 200,000 by June 2003, 2023. Yeah, Ooh. Be, yeah, I like it, Jimmy. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, uh, where are we at? Uh, I got tons of text here. Uh, Randall from Newmarket. Texting me initials. <laughs> He's talking about Kamala Harris. He says, VP is reading on the uh, kindergarten level. Cat see dog. Dog see cat. Cat chase dog. See cat run. That's, that's about the way it sounded. Yep. Um, Glenn from Bluntsville. Uh, you heard anything about the burn pits? Uh, I've not heard the latest, although I did hear that burn pit legislation has been passed. Uh, and uh, Glenn, and I don't know any more than that right now, but... Uh, I'll look into it at some point soon. Um, Jimmy from Moulton, like I says, 200000 by June. Jimmy. Jimmy, if you're the man, then you're getting donuts. Um, Gary from Moulton, did I say that already? Yeah, Gary from Moulton says the doctors can't prescribe pain meds. Well, yeah, you're right. They're limited right now. The opioid crisis has limited some doctors, turning them, into, turning them away from being pill mills. Uh, so they're, 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 what I'm talking about is the law. There's nothing in the law. Uh, is my point about doctors a moment ago that says they can't prescribe ivermectin. There's nothing in the law that says that they can't. So if the law says you can't prescribe something, then don't do it. If the law says there's a, you're not qualified to do a certain procedure, don't do it. But if within the bounds of the law you are fully qualified to treat your patients, 
they just don't like the narrative, that's different. So, yeah, uh, to your point, uh, Gary from Moulton, it's not about what the law says. It's about what the narrative is, and that's what California is getting wrong. How dare you speak ill of a thing that we do or don't like? Off with your heads. Uh, Bert from Owens Crossroads says, could the COVID vaccine be a way to further weaken our military? The F, uh, and, and I don't know, man. I, it's, I, I wonder. Uh, Chris from Alabama, and I won't say where he works, but Chris from Alabama says, I'm a contractor with blank, and I still cannot travel for blank since I'm not vaccinated. Even after the recent letter removing the mandate from the military, there's still no end in sight for this, quote, rule. All right, I was not familiar with that. Uh, Chris, if you don't mind, from Alabama, uh, text me a tad more about your status, um, and I need to look that up and, and, and check on some things. Uh Daryl from Huntsville likes my use of the word jackassery. <laughs> uh, Steve from Owens Crossroads says there's also a story about Kennedy and Nixon playing a high stakes card game while Kennedy recuperated. I have not verified that one. I'd like to, if you find that, Steve, send it in. I want to see it. Uh, Priscilla from Hartzell says, with regards to the military paying back their bonus, they should have to pay back bonuses, et cetera, to everyone wrongfully terminated. Oh, she, okay. She's saying that the government should have to pay them their bonuses to everyone wrongfully terminated of the vaccine mandate. Can't wait till we can uh, move. And she's talking about some other things about uh, ULA and the vaccines and stuff like that. I won't get into it uh, because it's got some stuff in there about her husband that I don't want to disclose over the air. So anyway, all said and done, folks, text lines are full. You want to jump in on it? I'll take it. The number here, 833-687-4448. That's 833-68-RIGHT. I'm jumping into number two of the Triple Dipper. I guess if I could stop just, you know, rambling about stuff, (laughs) Boomer's laughing at me. (laughs) Coming up top of the hour, by the way, State Senator Tom Butler will be calling in talking about the rocket. Uh, Save the rocket. But right now, number two of the Triple Dipper is the paper chase. Okay, story just broke. Right before the show, I was actually talking to the lovely Charlene. And she says, have you seen about Pence? See, my wife, by the way, is one of my greatest resources in a variety of ways. But she's also more politically astute than I am half the time. I'm busy doing lawyer stuff. She goes, have you seen this about Pence? No, what? Okay, headline, just breaking a little while ago, Vice President Mike Pence discovers classified documents in his Indiana home. (sighs) Really? Vice President Mike Pence informed Congress on Tuesday that he discovered documents bearing classified markings in his home on January 16th. That would be, what, early last week? Following the revelations that classified documents for President Biden's tenure as VP were found at the Penn Biden Center, the Vice President Pence's team searched his Indiana home, and, and apparently he said something to the effect of he had things that were boxed up for him that he's never even opened since he left office that are still sitting in storage at his house. And when they went through them, they found some with classified markings. It does not mean they were classified. He said they had markings. They were immediately put into a, shell, a safe, and he called the archives and, and reported it, and they sent FBI over to pick it up. No other documents. It says, it says other documents that were not identified as classified were turned over to the archives just to make sure the archives had everything he had. No classified documents were also found. No classified documents were found at Pence's Advancing American Freedom office. So unlike the Penn Biden Center where there was stuff laying around a closet, Pence didn't have anything at his office, but he did have some stuff in a box at the house. Um, why are we hearing this? What, what's going on? What's this about? 
nothing happens at that high level without a reason. Now, part of the reason might be, and I do believe this to be true, I have heard from people who know him personally that Mike Pence is an extremely honorable man. He's a man of great faith, and, I, and I, so I, I, I'm not questioning his integrity. But could it also be, though, this is an opportunity to keep Biden in play? Right now, as the Democrats appear to be bum-rushing him and, and giving him every reason not to declare his candidacy for another run at the White House, could it possibly be that a Republican who is prepared to announce his campaign for the presidency, Mike Pence, may also want to run against Biden as opposed to running against a Gavin Newsom or running against a Pete Buttigieg? Maybe he wants to run against, you know, the, uh, the crippled candidate as opposed to the one who is not crippled. Maybe he wants to run against a guy who's wounded in action right now. So what do you do? You mitigate the other guy's circumstances. Don't let him get run out, man. They need to keep him. We need that doddering old guy. We need him up there trying to make speeches. We need him forgetting who he is. We need him getting lost on stage during the debates. We need him talking about corn pop and, you know, rubbing little girl's hair. We need, we need him doing all these things. That's, that's, that's the candidate we need to oppose. So what do you do? You find a reason to make his circumstances look not so bad. Ah, am I being cynical? Boomer, am I being cynical? Oh, you know, it <laughs> is It is what it is. We need to, We need it. I hate that phrase, we by need the way. It. I hate that phrase. Don't ever say it is what it is anymore on the oh, show. Oh, okay, ever. sorry. It is. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Take me to a break. I'm going to come right back. There's a few more things to talk about, about White House documents you're going to want to hear. So, by the way, what's Ted Cruz calling for? Hmm. And does the law actually say there could be liability? I got it for you. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. back phil williams right side radio solid conservative and just plain right saving the world one soundbite at a time uh by the way uh chris from alabama just texted back in this little clarification he's the guy who was talking about being a federal contractor and still can't travel um and i won't say who he works for or what program he's on because i'm not gonna narrow him down like that but he says he works for a consulting firm that is a contract to and and it's a major program he says, we haven't been able to travel since COVID began, but if you got vaccinated, you could start traveling again. Not sure how long ago, just maybe about as much a year back. He says, I even volunteered to drive, thinking it was only due to flight restrictions, but it's a total ban on the unvaccinated, even though I've had COVID twice and monoclonal antibodies once. Makes no sense. It does make, it makes no sense whatsoever, Chris. Absolutely no sense whatsoever. Um, I, would, I would love to hear the justification or, or an official position paper uh, on why they're still maintaining that ridiculous policy. It does nothing whatsoever to stop transmission. We know that for a fact. Secretary of Defense, who was all on board with the mandate, got it twice while he was vaccinated and boosted. How many times do we hear that ridiculous statement, by the way? Well, it's a good thing that I'm vaccinated and boosted. Why is it a good thing? I mean, it's apparently not working for you. Um, Glenn from Bluntsville heard me say, Boomer, that, uh, you know, I actually do hate the phrase, it is what it is. I hate that phrase. <laughs> 
Anyway. It is a terrible phrase. It's, if you get down to it. Yeah. But uh, he, he texted in, and this is the way I feel about it. He says, my ex-wife. Okay, first, but it's ex-wife, first of all. <laughs> so there's, there's already a taint on it. But he says, my ex-wife would say it is what it is, and I didn't like that. I'd say it is what you make it. And I said, that's, that's, I, there you go. It is what you make it. That's right. Hey, listen, the, uh, the, the documents hunt, the paper chase, I think what's going to wind up happening is we're going to take a pause in this, uh, this dipper, and we're going to wind up coming back to it after we talk to State Senator Tom Butler at the top of the hour, because we're only five minutes away from that, and I've got a stack of stuff on documents, Boomer. So what do you do when you got a stack of stuff? you got to take a pause, and, only, and then we're going to get to it. And only five minutes to go with it. <laughs> By the way, to update you on where we are right now, and if you if you if you have not heard the news, I mean, so here's the thing: you first had Trump, they raided Mar-a-Lago about documents he admitted that he had, but he believed he had a right to keep because, as president, he's the only one that can declassify. He said they were declassified. They said no, they're not, and so they were coordinating with him. He locked him in a secure closet in the basement of Mar-a-Lago, which is guarded by the Secret Service putting a lock on it in the manner in which the archives had asked him to do. Not enough for them. FBI, with a large crew of people, came, raided the facility, went through all of the rooms, not just to that storeroom where they knew the box was, found the box of documents, which, by the way, were boxed and put in place as suggested by the archive, as requested by the archives. And then what did they do? They laid them out on the floor, took a big picture, and that's been on the news everywhere. Let's make sure we embarrass Trump. Well, then what happens? Within 40 days thereabouts, it turns out, oh, look, documents found at the Penn Biden Center belonging in an office belonging to Joe Biden. Documents that um, apparently stem from his time as vice president, which has no authority to declassify. And then, oh, by the way, they were found in the office that did not come into existence until a year after he left office, meaning they were somewhere else in the interim and had to be brought there. So you wonder where were they before they came to the Penn Biden Center. And then that was withheld from the world. And we weren't told about it. Unlike the, you know, live feed video we get from the raid on Mar-a-Lago, we find out about the Biden documents after the midterms had passed. Oh, like 60 days later. And then on top of that, we find out that there's more documents. Where? In a box, in his garage. Next to his Corvette, well, the garage is locked. So freaking what? That doesn't matter. That's A cardboard box in a garage is not a secure facility. So what happens then? Now we find out last Friday there's another search of the whole house, and it turns up more documents. Oh, by the way, Biden was supposed to go to the house that weekend for another of his weekend vacations, but he didn't. What did he do? He went to his beach house. And they haven't searched the beach house yet. So he had the weekend at his beach house to collect his thoughts and search his sock drawers and make sure he didn't have anything mm, that shouldn't be turned over there. And the whole thing gets more mysterious. And you have to look at it and go, wow, is this like a concerted effort to take Biden down? But then you also look at it and go, okay, what the heck? Because today, I told you a minute ago, Vice President Mike Pence has announced to the world, hey, uh, you know, Funny thing, when I heard all this, I thought, reckon what's in those boxes I've got when I was vice president. He went and searched the boxes, allegedly find some classified documents. There are people that have lost their careers. General Petraeus went to, went, didn't he go through prosecution for this? I mean, 
come on. And yet, it's just turning into this whole big confab as if you work in the executive branch, you can just walk around with documents wherever you want to go. All right, we're going to switch gears, come right back with State Senator Tom Butler talking about saving the rocket up there at I-65. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. ruffians out there you are listening to right side radio solid conservative just plain right you're listening live to right side radio with phil williams it's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side right side radio solid conservative and just plain right Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio, Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios. Man, the local, the state, the national, we cover down on all the issues. And like the dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, it's inexplicably, it's hour number three. I am just taken aback by the fact that it's hour number three because the first two hours flew by. But anyway, hey, listen, we're going to go to the phones right now. We're going to switch gears. I'm going to come back to the issue of the paper chase on Biden's uh, paperwork and all that uh, here in a moment. But for a few minutes here, I want to switch gears and go to number three on the Triple Dipper, which we're calling Save the Rocket. Um, there's been a lot of audience engagement on this one, a lot of audience engagement on on, on the the you know, the landmark rocket out there at the Welcome Center at the state line on the northern end of the state at I-65 has, has been there since 1979, 44 years. And, and there's questions about its viability, whether or not it can be sustained, uh, whether it can be repaired, refurbished, uh, how much that would cost. And oh, by the way, there's also legal implications about taking it down. Well, I thought I would call someone. Uh, it's actually not quite in his district, but it's very close. State Senator Tom Butler, he serves in Senate District 2 uh, as a Republican state senator uh, representing Limestone and Western Medicine County. The cities of Athens, Huntsville, Madison are all in his district. Um, uh, so State Senator Butler, a, uh, a pharmacist by trade early on. I've served multiple times in our tours, uh, terms, excuse me, in the uh, state house and now in the state senate also. And uh, we're glad to have him on Right Side Radio. Senator Butler, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing fine, Phil. Thank you for the opportunity to come on and visit with you. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate your time. And, um, well, listen, let me just go right to it, uh, Senator. I mean, you you know the deal. The, the, the rocket's gotten a lot of attention. Uh, and, of course, the Rocket City, uh, the space program is a huge deal here. Um, what are your thoughts? Is that rocket coming down, and what do you think is going to happen? Well, don't know about the rocket coming down yet. <clears throat> One thing we do know is that it's in a state of disrepair, according to Lee Sintel, our tourism director. But uh, that rocket has been in place 40 years. Um, whether or not it can be uh, saved, if you will, um, I don't know yet. Uh, take somebody with the technical knowledge to uh, assess that. But if the rocket has to come down, 
we need to put something up that would be similar in stature that also would be an iconic uh, symbol for the North Alabama area here that has been so important for NASA and with NASA. And uh, I think the rocket ought to stay in place if it possibly can. Well, I, I agree with you, sir, and um, uh, that would be my hope. Uh, but let me ask you this. Have you been heard, hearing from any constituents? Has anybody said anything to you about it, just, you know, the man on the street? I have heard from several people that the rocket needs to stay there. Uh, it is a great entrance from Tennessee into the state of Alabama. Obviously, it makes a uh, very big statement about North Alabama and the role that this whole nation has played uh, and, um, has been here with space uh, doing every adventure you think about in space, going to the moon and back, uh, going planning to go to Mars and back. That rocket has meant so much to so many people in here, and uh, it may be a monument that actually uh, should be saved by law, and uh, we'll have have to see how that comes out. Well, but I think the rocket should stay or replace it with something of a similar nature. Well, so let me ask you this. The um, uh, the Monument Preservation Act, I was actually in the state Senate when we passed that. Uh, your, 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 your colleague, my former colleague, uh, State Senator Gerald Allen, he carried the bill and uh, State Representative Mac Butler, no relation, uh, he was on my show the other day. He carried it in the House. And that, that Alabama Monument Preservation Act um, there is some belief that this rocket should qualify for a very controlled review as to whether or not it should stay. And, and here, here's my question for you. Um, would you support the uh, Historic Commission having to review that? And then secondly, um, I saw most recently that State Representative Laura Hall from Huntsville, um, her term on that review commission has now ended. At last, So we, we need somebody from the delegation to be on that review committee. Have you heard anybody talk about that yet? I have not, but I'm glad you raised that. I will uh, check in with the delegation. Uh, there's a lot of interest there. I know County Commission Chairman uh, Colin Daly and Representative Andy Whit. I think it's actually in Andy's uh, house district, did meet with uh, the Space and Rocket Center last week. I don't know the results of that meeting yet I couldn't attend, but uh, the rocket needs to stay. And under the Memorial Preservation Act uh, that Gerald Allen passed, I think it qualifies as a monument. It's obviously a monument to uh, North Alabama and uh, NASA's Space and Rocket Center adventures for us. And um, we might need to get an attorney general opinion as to whether or not uh, it has monument status under the Preservation Act. And well, that's something I'm going to talk about with uh, Andy and a couple other folks, including well, uh, Senator I, Allen. I think that would be I think that'd be wise. In fact, I saw that Senator Allen and Representative Hall, uh, both of their terms on the commission expired in the fall of this past year. So I assume that uh, the new appointments will be made uh, here coming into the next legislative session. But um, in the interim, you've got a gap in, in, in the leadership there from the, uh, the legislature on that review commission. Um, and I'm, I, I guess I have to look at it, too. There are estimates right now. I'm not sure where they get the estimates, Senator, but they're talking about a million dollars just to take it down, $7 million to replace it. And I'm thinking, I don't know where they get these from. 
But that's a rounding error uh, in Montgomery, and uh, and I, I believe there's a way to do this. Well, I agree with you, Phil, that there's probably a way to do it. One of the uh, things that I've looked at here in the last day or two is the fact that Alabama now has $2.7 billion uh, out of ARPA funds. And uh, to me, this is economic development, is tourism. It generates tax dollars for Alabama through tourism. And I think it'd be wise to take whatever was necessary to, to replace refurbish, repair, do whatever they need to do with a rocket there on uh, 65 with ARPA funds or something of that nature. I think where there's a will, there's a way, and I think that can happen. And and I guess I, last question for you, Senator, do you know, I don't know the answer to this question, um, the, the, the rocket, it's a Saturn 1B. There's only been, there's only three Saturn 1B rockets still in existence. One's at the Space and Rocket Center, one's at the Kennedy Space Center, and then there's the one out there at the rest stop. So it's one of only three. Um, but I don't know for a fact, was it given to the state of Alabama or is it on loan from the Space and Rocket Center? Do you know the answer to that? I think uh, it's the property of NASA, as best I can find, Phil, uh, that the Space and Ro- Rocket Center, it was sort of loaned to them. They may have a big say in that, but uh, the rocket needs to be saved. I think there's a way to do it, and uh, all the parties involved, including Marshall Space Flight Center here with NASA, uh, Space and Rocket Center, the governor's office. By the way, I've talked with the governor's office. She is, uh, the governor Ivy is well aware of it, and uh, I know Lee Sintel, the tourism director, is uh, in favor of saving it. But uh, we need to uh, find a way to do it. I think the ARPA funds, $2.7 billion, taking a small amount of that out of there, I think would be a wise investment. Uh, And like I said, tourism dollars, people seeing the rocket coming to Alabama uh, could uh, help uh, replenish the uh, tax dollars that it would take to uh, build it or refurbish it. Well, I'll tell you, Senator, I appreciate your time. And I, I would I would think, based on the response we've gotten here on my show uh, on this issue, I, I would bet that if we set up a GoFundMe account, we could also see this not be all public dollars, but we could see a public-private partnership with people actually contributing to the Save the Rocket Fund. Uh, and we'll explore that later on and let you know how that goes, all right? That should be a great uh, effort, and you might want to generate a petition to Save the Rocket. All right. Well, hey, Senator Tom Butler, appreciate you. Y'all go back into session. When do you go back in for the general session this year? That's coming up soon, I know. March the 7th. Okay. A little bit of of time between now and then. All right, sir. Well, hey, listen, appreciate your time. uh, It's good to talk to you. Yes, sir. You too. You have a great day. All right. State Senator Tom Butler serves uh, District 2, which is, uh, you know, parts of Limestone uh, and Madison counties, uh, cities of Athens, Huntsville, Madison, all in his uh, district. Uh, talking about the rocket, save the rocket. Well, listen, I got a little more information on that. When we get back, I'm going to tell you the breakdown of who's on the commission. How do you do this? If there's a legal application here, what does that mean? We'll talk about it when we get back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. You guys stay tuned. Save the rocket. That's what I'm saying. We'll be right back.
And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. By the way, I'm not going to go back to the topic too deeply right now, but sources, CNN up on the left side screen in the right side studio, uh, sources, classified documents found at Mike Pence's Indiana home. Well, you, you, you numbskulls, the source is Mike Pence. So what's this whole thing about sources say? Well, Pence is telling you himself. It's not like sources say. Mike Pence is saying. So anyway, that's just that's just CNN trying to look big. Um, I got a caller on the line real quick. I'll take it. Jeff, is that Jeff? Jeff from Indiana. How you doing, brother? Did I lose Jeff? Jeff. Jeff. Okay, we're working the phones. <laughs> we'll see where he went. Um, hey, I'll tell you this. So the, uh, the, the rocket situation. So apparently there was a meeting. AL.com reports this Friday that uh, the NASA rocket that towers at the North Alabama Welcome Center will be taken down, it says. That's what they say. Now, I, now, now to be honest with you, it's AL.com. So big grain of salt, but I think they like to screw with people, to be honest with you. But anyway... It's the final verdict that says on a long-running issue of how best to, de- to deal with the deteriorating Saturn 1B rocket. Deteriorating. I want to know what deteriorating even means. But anyway, they, they say officials have spent months studying the issue and determined that repairs will be cost prohibitive. I've not seen the report from the officials. This is news to me. But it says discussions have now begun on a possible replacement. State Representative Andy Witt, I need to track down Andy Witt, get him on the show, met with NASA officials on Friday and said in the statement he looked forward to ideas for a replacement to the rocket. On Thursday prior, he had said he would fight the fight to save it, but he appeared to relent after the following the meeting and said this is an opportunity to create a landmark that will withstand the test of time. Witt chairs the House Committee on Economic Development and Tourism. Here's an interesting thing for you. I do believe it's going to be covered by the Monument Preservation Act, or at the very least, we have to get a legal opinion as to whether it is or not, because there is a state law that says 40 years in place on public property, you can't just remove it. You have to go through a review committee. Who's on the commission? Well, the Alabama Historic Commission is charged with overseeing this, generally speaking. In fact, oh, by the way, I have a printout. Alabama Historical Commission is the state agency charged with safeguarding, safeguarding, that means preserving, safeguarding Alabama's historic buildings and sites created by the legislature in 1966, It consists of 21 appointed members who represent a broad cross-section of Alabamians. You may recall that Lee Sintel, the director of the Alabama Department of Tourism, is the first one to call for taking down the rocket. Guess who serves on the Alabama Historic Commission? That would be Lee Sintel, the Alabama Department of Tourism director. So he's charged with safeguarding our monuments, and yet he gets out the gate early saying, let's take it down, man, and I'm questioning whether or not he is reviewing this from his historical perspective or if he's just given an opinion because he wants something new. But then on top of that, you have to go look at the law. What does the law require? Well, the law we passed when I was down there in 2017, it's the Alabama Monument Preservation Act of 2017. Memorial, I'm sorry, Memorial Protection Act of 2017. It literally requires the establishment of a committee. The Committee on Alabama Monument Protection is what it's called, CAMP. The Committee on Alabama Monument Protection. The camp, the, 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 the committee itself, is supposed to meet to review these. There are multiple members, four from the legislature appointed by the pro tem of the, of the Senate and the Speaker of the House, most of whom, or several of whom, have already had their terms end, and I don't think they've been replaced yet. State Senator Gerald Allen from Tuscaloosa, 
Um, State Representative Laura Hall from Huntsville. Uh, State Representative Bobby Singleton from Greensboro. State Representative Rich Wingo, who didn't run for office. He's not even in office now, from Tuscaloosa. So there are vacant seats right now. And there are two vacant seats that the governor is supposed to appoint for county and municipal officials to represent that body, and there's nobody in those seats. So we have a camp committee that's supposed to review this. We have members who are there, – there's not anybody – basically, it's, it's, it's a shell of an organization right now. They need to get some people back on there to review these. There you go. Did you get the phones worked out, bud? All right. Are we you good? Oh, yeah. Let me go back to the phone then. Jeff from Indiana, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good today, Phil. Good. What's on your mind? Uh, when I was going down south a while ago, I thought they was getting ready to take down the uh, the building there at the uh, site because they had a trackle right up against it. But uh, on my way back north, uh, it's still standing. It looks like they're going to preserve it. Maybe something. I don't know. <laughs> you think of the, You think of that that old that old nappy building itself as a monument? Yeah. Well, maybe it's a Lloyd Wright house or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've I've been there, and I don't think it is. Um, either that or Frank Lloyd Wright either. had a bad day. Yeah, exactly. But uh, you know, on the cost of all this and everything, I mean, uh, I, I think somebody said that the bottom stage is the actual rocket and the top of it the mock-up, which it kind of looks that way to me. I mean, because it's, it's, I don't see any portholes or, you know, you know, there's not very much on it at the top. But uh, for a $7 million. Did we lose him again? Thing down by hand. <laughs> I'll, I'll even launch it into outer space for $7 million. <laughs> We'll launch it right where it sits. <laughs> Just fire that sucker up and light that candle. Um, well, yeah. My gosh. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know the answer, man. And I'll be honest with you, I'm a fiscal conservative. I'm not real keen on the idea. I think, by the way, the, the $7 million largely is, is the expenditure for building the new rest center, period. I mean, they're, they're talking about all the buildings, the facilities, the grounds, all of that is like a $5.5 to $6 million expense. And, and I don't know yeah. what the rocket would cost. But I guess we need somebody official to tell us what the inspection showed and why this thing is going to cost that much just to refurbish it. And can they not yeah. do something different, like display it differently than what it is right now to help preserve its its appeal? I don't know the answer. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like a federal government project, $7 million. <laughs> That's how they operate, you know. Well, yeah, exactly. That that would be the cost of, what, five <laughs> toilet seats in the federal government. But, uh, but well, we'll see, man. We'll see. Hey, be safe on the road, buddy. We're up against the break. Um, Thank you, Phil. You have a good day. You too, bud. Uh, the text line is still going boom. I, I, I just looked over there and went, holy cow, I, I got to catch up. JT from Lacey Springs says, uh, if I say the rocket comes down, no doubt a replacement is needed. Uh, this will be controversial, but a billboard or a statue of Bear Bryant, Nick Saban. No, no, and no, 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 no. I, no, I won't, no, I won't do that. Um, John from Huntsville says, uh, Phil, if the rocket has to come down, I'm okay with them replacing it with a duplicate rocket as long as they make it double as a vending machine that shoots out boxes of maple bacon donuts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that's a whole new. Okay. All right. Now we're on a different track. <laughs> All right, folks. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. You guys stay tuned. We'll come right back.
And we're back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Solid conservative. Just plain right. Covering down on some ground across the great state of Alabama. I'm talking about this show goes down south of Huntsville. Back oh, down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, back from Tuscaloosa over to Gadsden. I'm talking about pieces of Georgia and Tennessee and Mississippi all thrown in just for good measure. Um, hey, before I go any further, folks, I got to tell you, ZLA Solutions, they have been with us since the get-go. I mean, since we said launch and Right Side Radio hit the airwaves back in the middle of uh, uh, 2021, uh, ZLA Solutions have been one of our original partners. These folks are amazing at what they do. ZLA Solutions, they, they, they literally can do all kinds of business end solutions for you. They can do things like, you know, quality control, sorting and containment, logistics, warehousing, but their bread and butter is staffing. And if you're looking for a job personally, you can go to their website, ZLAUSA.com. You can check it out. You will find on their jobs posted all over North Alabama that you may want to grab hold of one of them. But here's the thing. If you're an employer looking to fill out the ranks of your workforce, it might be that you just need onesies and twosies, special niche kind of skills, or maybe you need a whole shift full of people. Literally, ZLA Solutions can do the recruiting, the background checks, the drug testing if necessary, blue collar, white collar, no collar, it don't matter. They can, they can nail it down for you and find you the people that you need. That's what they do. They love doing it. In fact, they're good at doing it. They just had their biggest year ever, like huge. But I'll just tell you this, if you need help, they are there for you. In fact, they love to say at ZLA, we don't make it, we make it better, meaning their goal is to help you make your business better. So check them out, ZLA Solutions at ZLAUSA.com. Do me the favor, please, of telling you you heard about it on Right Side Radio. Um, all right, I got, I got tons of texts, tons. Uh, new people. Who all we got new in there, Boomer? I see Amanda from Hackleburg is new. Um, I, I believe she's new. Yeah, she is. And, uh, and she said um, uh, basically she loves the great job that, that happens on this show and would love working with a bunch like us. We're a fun bunch, Amanda. I can fun bunch. I can tell you. <laughs> fun bunch and she's currently an elementary teacher which means she works with a fun bunch too <laughs> yes she does uh thanks for what you do amanda appreciate you uh bryant that's bryant with a t on the end bryant from huntsville um he said he saw something i'm trying to see what it is uh oh soylent green <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah he saw something reminded me of the show yeah i did a thing on soylent green the other day and uh he's got a He's got a, a product on the shelf in a green bottle labeled mint chocolate, ready to drink meal, and it says Soylent. And I'm Ooh. like, what the heck, Ooh. man? Okay. Who All thought right. that was a good idea to name their product? <laughs> uh, t- a couple other two new ones. Yeah. Uh, Steve from Athens, Alabama, and Steve from Owens Crossroads. Two Steves. Two Steves. We got a pair of Steves. pair of Steves. And All we right. had a caller a little while ago and saying the Battleship Alabama. Yeah. Um, that's down in Mobile. Yeah. Uh, they had a penny drive to keep that, you know, to keep that alive basically that's a lot of pennies that's a lot of pennies <laughs> i'm sure there were other things but you know in, in in kids school they had a penny drive to do that i'd forgotten about penny drives man yeah. that's, that's 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 old school but that is old school that's 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 the old version of doing a gofundme yes uh, but, yes it uh, is but still it's very by the way that's that's another one of the great tourism attractions here in the state of alabama if you haven't been to the battleship alabama park man you got it, it just your testosterone levels go up when you roll through the gate um mm. I mean, the whole place is covered up in just amazing pieces of military hardware, but not the least of which is the highly decorated USS Alabama um, battleship that you can go up on the decks and walk around and just, golly, those, those I think they're 12-inch guns. Ooh. I mean, Lord, it, it, you know, firing shells about half the size of a Volkswagen. Um, <laughs> just crazy cool. Uh, 
Uh, but yeah, what else we got here? Steve from Tennessee says, <laughs> I guess I can say this. He says they ought to fabricate a giant condom for the rocket and protect it, make it last longer. God, Steve, oh I don't, goodness. I don't know that we can justify that, <laughs> but there it is. Uh, Tony from Piedmont, he said Saturn 1B is made for one reason. Practice for the command module to get the lunar module out in orbit around the Earth, Saturn V, to get all the way to the moon. He said the 1Bs, those are like 67 Cobras, which in my opinion means if you're talking about a 67 your GT350 or GT500 Mustang Cobra, then uh, that means they are special. And yes, they are. Mm. Um, John from Brownsboro, uh, don't forget the, I got to find, the. where's the decimal go? Don't forget the $25,000 that Huntsville had to pay for taking down the monument. Yes. Yes, I do recall that, John. You're right. The Monument Preservation Act says don't move a monument without permission to do it. If you do, you pay a $25,000 fine, and the county commission just paid the $25,000 and moved the Confederate monument from the courthouse. Yeah. Uh, Britt from Athens is new on the text line. We appreciate it. Britt from Athens, uh, he says, also, I saw a statement from NASA over the weekend saying the rocket would be removed. It appears it's been on loan from NASA. Um, so, yeah, that's what we're, we're, we're figuring out, Britt, is, is how this relates. If it's on-state property, it's not supposed to be taken down. But if it's loaned in on-state property, does it still qualify? I think it's going to require an attorney general's opinion to see if they have to review this in more detail. Um, but there's there's that. Britt, thanks for listening, man. Glad you're in the listening audience. And then uh, oh, what else we got here? Brian from Huntsville says, not simply save the rocket, uh, underlying it is save our history. That's true, especially when you consider the broader spectrum of the act. The Monument Preservation Act that we passed in 2017 was not just for one thing. They want to say it was a Confederate Memorial Preservation Act. No, it wasn't. That's the thing that they wanted. To, that's the clickbait. That's what the liberal media wanted it to be. It could be, literally, it could be the Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. It could be something that was uh, done to, uh, to, you know, to uh, dedicated to the civil rights movement. It could be something that's just history. It could be a statue of, you know, Bear Bryant that's over 40 years old. You can't remove it without a review, because our history is wrapped up in our monuments. Um, and that includes buildings, by the way. If these buildings are considered monuments in and of themselves, then you can't just take them down willy-nilly. Um, and, and, and by the way, it's not to say you can't. What's going to wind up happening is this review commission is going to make sure there's not somebody acting recklessly to do something without, you know, good cause. If the building's in a state of disarray, if the rocket's in a state of disarray, they're going to make a quality decision based upon the needs of the state. But if it, all it is is a bunch of activists wanting to take something down and destroy history, that statue of Abraham Lincoln has to go. Why? He emancipated the slaves. Well, we just think he was entitled cis white male. <laughs> Who knows? Well, that kind of stuff has to stop. It does. Um, what else I got here in the text messages? Uh... Jay from Hartzell says, I work hand-in-hand hand with engineers, and the one thing I realize is they can do anything they put their minds to. That rocket can be saved. They just have to want to. Perfect point, Jay. Glad, glad, you, glad you texted in. Um, Missy from Falkville says, not only did Whoopi tell everyone that the vice president could declassify, if you check the Internet, article after article saying the same thing. Hmm. And then she says, but no, I don't watch Whoopi. <laughs> she had to clarify. Her reputation was on the line, Boomer. Missy from Fault would just want nobody mistaken that she she heard this. It wasn't she watches Whoopi Goldberg. She heard it. She heard it. I understand. I understand, Missy. You're good with us. Don't worry. It's all good. Um, uh, Bob from Decatur, 
just texted in and says, hey, Phil, my wife's a contractor for out at Redstone, and because she won't get vaccinated, they won't let her travel either. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. So basically, if you're on personal time, get on the plane, man. Go where you want to go. If you're on business time, no, I'm sorry, you can't do that. Well, why not? Well, there's a policy. Someone needs to get their head out of their fourth point of contact. <laughs> By the way, that just came out. That's a military. All right, all the old paratroopers in the audience has heard that, and they went, Yes! So when you're jumping out of an airplane, after you've gotten shoot control and you reach the landing point, you have what are called your points of contact, the balls of your feet, the, the, you know, your, your, your thighs, uh, your, your, you know, the, basically your fourth point of contact. I'm sorry, it was balls of your feet, your calves, your thighs. Your fourth point of contact is your, is your bootay. So when I say get your head out of your fourth point of contact, you can imagine <laughs> what I'm talking about. Um, anyway. How did I get off on that, Boomer? Well, I don't know. I mean, just reading all the text. Yeah, but that still seemed very random. But okay. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> but as long as you don't say it is what it is, we'll be all right. That's very true. Yeah. All right. Tell you what. Uh, oh, Jamie from Hartzell just corrected me. There are nine 16-inch guns on the USS Alabama. Okay, so I just got a call about that, and he, that's what he was telling me. Nine 16-inch guns. Um, and the round was about 2,000 pounds. A 2,000-pound round. And that, guess how far it could shoot? 21 miles. Son. I know. <laughs> and I could be wrong. It's like he said something 50 caliber. Uh, he was going on and on. I was trying to write down fast enough. But, it's bigger than 50 caliber. Yeah, but and then he said the round, like I guess the shell was almost as tall as a man. He said it was ginormous. Yeah, it's huge. It is. And <laughs> I was just listening and all. I was trying to write down as much as I could. And I, and I can tell you right now, when you when you when you're you know, can you imagine being in the gun turret when that thing you know fires off? I mean, you, you better have some serious ear Ooh. protection. Um, and and keep your by the way, keep your mouth open so that the concussion doesn't shatter your eardrums. Um, got a new texter on the line, Boomer. Get him in there. Dave from Huntsville just texted in. Um, all right, folks, listen, we're going to take a break right now. We will come back up, and we will wrap up the show. I got a little bit more on this whole thing about the paper chase. Like, what's next? And what's Ted Cruz saying they ought to do? And by the way, I agree with him. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. back phil williams right side radio solid conservative just plain right it is go home time y'all i'm telling you we're down to the wire here afternoon drive with right side radio but you've got go home time now and uh some of y'all are thinking about okay tomorrow morning i'm coming in how can i be a hero at work well you heard that story if you were listening to the whole show early on there was this whole thing on the, on, the, on, the, on the early part of the show, it was an I Kid You Not episode, and one of the, the, the things in there was a lady who said that those who bring, you know, like cake and treats to work for their coworkers, that they're enabling their bad behavior and, and putting their health at risk. Well, forget that, and how about this? Let's add coffee to it. So maybe tomorrow morning on your way in, you do this. Just Love Coffee Cafe, two locations, one on Hughes Road out in Madison, the other on South Parkway in Huntsville. 
So you stop by on the way in the morning. You bypass the usual biscuit. You get yourself something good to eat, like one of their omelets, which is called a womlet because they cook it in a waffle iron. It's amazing. Or, or maybe they're waffles or something else, and you just enjoy your moment there. Get yourself a cappuccino or some fresh, hot, ground, freshly ground coffee. But then here's how you're a hero. Then, you, before you leave, you say, I'd like a barista box, please. What is that? Pray tell. What can this be? It's, it's coffee. They, 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 they've got fresh, hot coffee Better than what you got in the break room at work, I guarantee you. And you load up that barista box and you take it to your coworkers and you say, coffee in the break room and it's better than usual and you are the hero. There. How you like me now? I just set you up for success. Just Love Coffee Cafe has amazing award-winning coffees and they got two locations in our listening area, one on Hughes Road in Madison, the other on South Parkway in Huntsville. Go there. Get you the barista box. And tell them you heard about it on Right Side Radio. I would appreciate that, too. All right, listen, we're going to wrap this thing up. I'm going back to the documents thing. I didn't get to finish that before we got on the phone with uh, State Senator Butler earlier. Um, so, yeah, the paper chase. What, what next? What, what can we expect to have? Well, we got the whole surprise thing today with Mike Pence announcing that he found documents with classified markings in his own possession, and he's turned those over to the archives now. So, you know, all God's children apparently got some classified documents. It does not mean, though, that Biden's position on this is excusable. We've got to deal with what's going on. They've got a special counsel involved. They're looking at what they're going to do next. Well, I will tell you this. Um, story here from Fox News. Greg Jarrett, who does uh, legal analyst uh, work for Fox News, he pointed out that you don't have to have intent it's not like there's criminal intent required to prove a crime because he says that Section F of 18 U.S.C. 793, that's the law regarding the classified documents or mishandling thereof, also provides for gross negligence or carelessness. He says that particular passage reads, whoever being entrusted with or having lawful possession or control of any document or information relating to the national defense through gross negligence, permits the same to be removed from its proper place of custody, shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than 10 years or both. So I will say this, the what next? They have no choice but to review this under criminal statutes because that's what's required in the law. So is there a criminal, is there a possible indictment? Yeah, but I doubt it. Just to be honest, I doubt it. But is there a cloud, a specter? Is there an investigation? Is there now going to be, you know, much ballyhoo in the new? Yes, absolutely. And there should be. There should be. I've worked in skiffs. I had a TSCI clearance. I know what it means to, to, to be told this does not leave your possession and you cannot use that computer and don't you dare make a copy of this document. And, oh, by the way, once you're read on, then you have to be read off. And the last thing they told me before I left the Pentagon was if you uh, ever write a book, we have to read it first. And yet Biden's got documents in a box next to his Corvette in the garage. Well, Ted Cruz came out yesterday, January 23rd, Daily Wire. State Senator Ted Cruz, I had forgotten about this, but apparently what happens is at the end of a presidential or vice presidential term, the National Archives secures all documents produced in relation thereto and keeps them under lock and key for future reference. I mean, it's got to be a lot of paperwork, right? Well, Senator Ted Cruz has now called on the U.S. Department of Justice and the FBI 
to search President Joe Biden's Senate records that are still stored at the University of Delaware. I take it back. He's got a separate classification for his Senate records at, in, at the University of Delaware. I'd forgotten this. During the last presidential campaign, his records during his term in the Senate are stored, for reasons I don't understand, at the University of Delaware. Cruz says they need to go now and find out what's in them. Well, back during the campaign, the University of Delaware would not release them. They wouldn't. They wouldn't because, for reasons we don't understand, but we really know is they don't want to embarrass the, 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 the guy who was running for president. They didn't want to be in the middle of all that. Well, I got news. If they've got the boxes of documents and we got an ongoing scandal about mishandling documents and they have documents, we need to know what's in the documents. So Cruz says, let me tell you what the next step in this scandal is going to be. The next step in this scandal is going to be, okay, if Biden's Senate documents include classified documents outside of classified settings, which is illegal, how many more classified documents are illegally in his Senate papers? And he said, here's where this matters in particular, because the University of Delaware has more than 1,850 boxes of records from Joe Biden's tenure in the, in the U.S. Senate, which he gave to the University of Delaware. And they are not in a secure facility. Hmm. Hmm. So what's next? I think what's next is absolutely they're going to be searching the beach house. We'll see what's left. I think absolutely there's going to be a call for a review by the special counsel of what's in the University of Delaware's records now that we know he had classified documents dating back to his years in the Senate. Which, by the way, he hadn't been in the Senate since 2008. There's no telling how long he's had classified documents laying around his house in Delaware. But the University of Delaware has 1,000. 850 boxes related to the four decades of Joe Biden being on Capitol Hill. Good Lord. Pray tell, what could there be? All right, what a great show. Boomer, how many, how many, how many people, we added like well over a dozen new texters and we're like hundreds oh. of people texting in now. Yeah, well, well over a dozen. I mean, we added a lot today. I couldn't keep up. And we have hundreds of subscribers, that's just, that's which is just, awesome. It's so is, cool. That is just cool. So, uh, how, okay, can you see the podcast real quick? Uh, let me look. I can <laughs> pull it up in just a few seconds. Did, did we, I'd like to know where we are right now as we leave the show for the day. <laughs> By the way, folks, while Boomer's looking it up, if you want to hear a segment of a show again anytime, you can always go to our podcast and grab them along with a whole bunch of other people, apparently. What do you got, bud? 110, 100 something. I can't tell the exact number, but it's somewhere right in there. So we, we added 100 something just during the show today. Uh, about. about a, I think we added like right under 100 just during the show. That is freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah. That is just cool. Um, hey, Grandma Wanda from Coleman just texted in. She says, about the rocket. You mentioned the USS Alabama as a tourism. What about our great rocket? It could be a tourism. It is. Grandma Wanda, the Rocket Center, by the way, is the largest or the biggest uh, tourist attraction in the state. Grandma Wanda, hope you're doing well. All right, folks, listen, we had an amazing day with you. We'll have an amazing day back tomorrow. You guys have a good night. Boomer and I back here tomorrow at 2. We'll see you then.
right side ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, just plain right.